Welcome to this edition of Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets. In this weekly show, you'll catch two fund managers who'll share their views on a selection of listed companies, both here and overseas. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be notified of new episodes each week. And don't forget that all the views expressed are general in nature and you should seek your own advice before making any decisions of your own. That's all from me. Sit back, relax and enjoy the latest edition of Buy, Hold, Sell. Hello and welcome to LiveWire's Buy, Hold, Sell. I'm Grady Wolf and today we're lucky to be joined by two resources specialists for their outlook on the battery materials sector and stocks moving forward. Now, you'll find out exactly which commodity has run out of steam and which has plenty left in the tank. And it gives me great pleasure to introduce our guests for today, our experts for today. I have Tim Sargent from Ely Griffiths Group and Todd Warren from Tribeca. Gentlemen, thanks for joining me. Now, there's no question about it. Materials and resources stocks were the stocks of 2022. Now, there's a bit of commentary out there suggesting these stocks could lead the new bull market. Are we in some kind of super cycle? Do you agree, disagree? Todd, I'll start with you. <laughs> super cycle is always a strong term. <laughs> Cautious to uh, endorse that one. But we are very bullish about what the future holds for the sector. Uh, and particularly those future-facing commodities um, that are related to decarbonisation. We think the, uh, the, the upside that will come from that new level of demand at a time when supply is really challenged is really going to bode very well for the sector. Tim, thoughts? Agree, disagree? Look, in a relative sense, I think materials and energy is going to remain a good place to be. And there's a couple of reasons I say that. I think the supply outlook is a response of what happened a decade prior where management teams and boards destroyed capital and, and they've had to since endorse a, a value over volume approach and starve the, the, the industry of capital. Um, COVID's been an accelerant on the demand side, I think, for a number of commodities. And where we stand today, we're seeing a pretty constructive M&A backdrop. Um, so that all leads me to think that materials and energy is going to be a good place to be. Now, staying with you, talking about battery materials stocks specifically, or the commodities specifically, where are we at in the cycle, in your opinion? Look, it's early and I think in, in a baseball parlance it'd be second or third inning and, and why I say that is if we have to look at where some of these raw materials markets have to get up to by 2030 or, or 2050 to meet decarbonisation goals, we're looking at three, three to 10x in terms of the size of those markets. So that's the first thing. I think the second thing is from a government policy perspective, we're seeing the Inflation Reduction Act in the US and an equivalent one launched in, in Europe and that's really, I guess, to drive and incentivise investment going forward. So that's why it's, I think, still fairly early. Todd, where are we at in the cycle, in your opinion? Totally agree with Tim. Um, you know, we, uh, Tim's touched on a few things there, but you know, government policy has really been the missing piece here. Um, aside from the fact that you know, permitting has always been a challenge uh, and getting more and more challenging at a time when we desperately need more of these commodities out of the ground. But we need governments to, to put their shoulder to the wheel. We're seeing it in the US with the Inflation Reduction Act uh, and you're starting to see similar policies around the world. But that's really what's going to incentivise um, more, more investment in the sector uh, at a time when, as I say, demand, and Tim's touched on it, you know, demand is lifting exponentially. Absolutely. Staying with you, we've seen some serious volatility in the price of lithium lately. Is it still safe in your opinion or what are your thoughts on lithium? <laughs> well, yeah, um, there's been a bit of hate, frankly, actually, for, for lithium more <laughs> recently. you want to say the hate uh, <laughs> and, you, and you've seen the stock, the, the prices at least, pull back quite, quite significantly. Um, whether that's a real market or not, because we're watching the spot price and, and the spot market is very thin. That's actually not much lithium traded in the spot price. But you know, where we're seeing it today, um, you know, we think it's just a function of where the supply and demand is, is just moving at a different rate, accelerating at a different rate. 
Um, supply overall is still struggling to keep up with this massive lift in demand um, from batteries and EVs and the like. Uh, and we're actually starting to feel more constructive at these levels where they were probably a little bit overcooked um, a few months back. Absolutely. Tim, agree, disagree? Uh, broadly agree. I think lithium's never been safe. I think you've seen a commodity rise sort of 10x and then maybe it's sort of halved off its, off its most recent high. So, I mean, still up five times. Um, and I think, you know, from a, from a volatility perspective, I mean, as investors, we embrace that. That gives us opportunity. And I think the opportunity, you know, for the incumbent players in the industry, the ones who have a longer term horizon, can sort out, you know, the, the potential, you know, the wannabes from, from the winners. And, and I think as investors, that's what we look, we, we enjoy as well. That volatility is something to embrace. Tim, where do you see the long-term price stability going for the outlook of lithium once this supply-demand equilibrium kind of evens out a little bit more? Look, everyone wants to bring it back to marginal cost of production, and I think for lithium that's really challenging. Most people talk about a fifteen dollars to $20,000 per tonne chemical price. But the reality is when you've got a commodity that's growing 25-30% per annum and a supply outlook that's lagging, any period of surplus is going to be relatively short-lived. So I think um, it's probably too premature, but what I would say is that longer-term uh, marginal cost of production over time tend to inch up. Todd, thoughts, long-term outlook on lithium prices? Uh, higher than the market would have you believe. Um, <laughs> you know, I think there's a couple of things I'd say. Number one, um, all the assumptions in, in market models today are really assuming that all these projects come on time, on budget. They never do. So <laughs> put that out of your mind right away. Uh, number two, we're actually going to need technological advancements. And so to Tim's point about marginal cost, we don't know where it sits because, you know, where there's talk about Chinese lipidolite, we actually don't know what it costs to get it out of the ground or whether it's direct lithium extraction out of brines in South America. We don't know what they cost to get out of the ground. So until we've got a better handle on that, uh, it remains a, a bit of an unknown number. It is a very unknown space at the moment. It's exciting though, like the EV space, the battery space is very exciting. And sticking with battery materials, which one do you believe is set for serious highs over the next 12 months? Uh, we're going with graphite. Uh, we, we like graphite. We think graphite is, is a bit like the lithium of, uh, of 2020. Um, you know, you saw um, at that point for lithium, you really saw the price start to accelerate as demand from batteries exceeded 50% of the total lithium market. And that's what we're seeing in graphite right now, where demand from batteries is exceeding 50% and taking over from the steel market um, at a time when you know, we need so many more of these mines to come to market, and yet there's one listed Western world producer of graphite today, natural graphite. Um, so yeah, we're, we're very excited about the graphite market. So is that your stock that you're bringing us today? Oh, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to us about the stock. Yeah, Syrah, um, uh, S-Y-R listed here in Australia. Um, these guys have a, um, a mine in Mozambique, um, which is a very high grade, it's a, it's a huge mine um, um, and a very large component of the world's resource of natural graphite. But where they've really stolen a bit of a march is in their downstream developments in the US. So they're getting significant funding from uh, the US government through the Inflation Reduction Act uh, to not just build stage one, which they will be um, as of sometime this year uh, up and running with, but then also they've got a $220 million grant from the, from the government as well for stage two. So uh, we're very excited about the growth profile at a time when it's very difficult to get graphite exposure. Absolutely. Well, that's exciting. Syrah is your pick. Tim, your pick of the bunch of the battery materials stock set to soar over the next 12 months and a stock for us, please. Yeah, so I'm going with rare earths and, and rare earths have halved. So I'm tipping they can get back to their, their, their 12 months highs. And there's a couple of reasons why they've, why they've halved, but I think most of them are um, non-fundamental in nature. 
Um, a bit like graphite, um, you know, rare earth specialty metal, fairly niche and opaque market as it stands today. What excites me about rare earths is the structure of the market. And it's the fact that China is such a dominant player in the mid and downstream processing of that commodity today. And it simply just has to diversify for, for geopolitical and supply chain reasons. And so to that end, um, I think, you know, the stock today to me that where the risk reward looks attractive once again is Linus. And, and investors have been right to be cautious on Linus over the last six months. You know, prices have, have corrected 30 or 40%. They've had issues with permitting in and license renewal in Malaysia. And there's obviously, you know, CapEx being spent and, and, and sunk at, at Kalgoorlie. But those things are largely known now by the market. And I think strategically the business is, is in as good a shape as it's ever been. It's been able to uh, diversify its infrastructure base. So fast forward 12 months, we'll have assets in Australia, Malaysia, and potentially in the US as well on the separation side. It's got a really good balance sheet and good management team to manage its way through. So I think Linus can rebound. And now on the broader commodities front, What's one commodity you think the market's got really wrong and a stock that matches that? Yeah, so look, I'm going to say um, gold. I think it's topical at the moment. It's a, it's a commodity that is on its highs, but I don't think positioning is, is anything near where, where the commodity would have you believe. And I look at ETF holdings. I look at whether just people are generally over or underweight the sector. Um, I look at positioning from a speculative standpoint, and it's certainly not extreme. Um, and so I think the gold price just has to hold here for the equities to catch up and rally and and people have you know, rightly been um, uh, shunning the gold sector because operationally there have been some challenges, but, but by and large, if gold holds, I think the sector can rally. Um, look, a couple of stocks, I mean, I'll, I'll give you one. I think um, Genesis Minerals, which has just undertaken a, um, a pretty significant transaction with, with some Barbara buying its Leonore assets. Um, and if that, if that transaction does complete, as it, as it, as it probably should in, in, in June and July, I think that stock is gonna be one of the market embraces. Todd, thoughts? Which I like Genesis too. <laughs> but no, You're not um, meant to bring the same one. <laughs> uh, uranium. Uranium. Uranium is, uh, is our um, commodity we think is, is not well understood by the market. It's a commodity that, that um, carries some baggage, um, clearly, um, given its history. Um, but I think there's a growing realisation around the world um, that we are only going to achieve decarbonisation um, through baseload support from something like nuclear power, which supports the intermittency of renewables. Um, so to that end, you know, we're, we're starting to see governments around the world getting behind nuclear again, uh, whether it's the US, you know, pulling back from any decommissioning plans. You've got the EU, uh, including nuclear power as part of their sustainable finance taxonomy. You've got the Japanese restarting a whole bunch of reactors. You've got the Chinese building more reactors than they ever have. We've got actually more reactors under construction today than we have since the 70s. And to that note, a stock have you brought along for us today? Uh, yeah, Boss, Boss Resources, uh, BOE listed here. Um, they have one of the very few fully funded, shovel ready, fully permitted um, projects around the world. Um, so they will likely be in production, well, six or 12 months away. Um, and we're pretty excited that they're going to be coming into, into production right at the, the sweet top spot when the commodity starts to run. Very exciting times and that's all we have time for today for this battery materials special of buy hold sell. I really hope you enjoyed it because we had such a good time filming it so if you did why not give it a like. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel we're adding so much great content every single week. Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis and insights. Register for free online at livewiremarkets.com and you'll discover more exclusive investing articles, videos and podcasts.